All right. Uh, starting out this second service uh, of this September. This it's the thirteenth of all. Uh, ooh, excuse me. It's the thirteenth of September. <laughs> I don't know what day it is. Uh, and we're gonna be talking about. Um, well, before we get that, last week we talked about why we need our faith. Um, and this week we're gonna kind of incorporate that with how why we need why God gave us family. So, um, I know some people might want to get rid of theirs that they have or try to get new ones, but that ain't how God worked. You, your brother, your sister, your mama, and your daddy. Hey, that's what you got. <laughs> also, you also have a Christian family, and that's when we all are baptized into the one faith, one Lord, one, one baptism. And uh, I kind of wanted to speak about that, um, but... Before we, you know, we get into why we need it, you know, let's go from the beginning. Um, and uh, first, first scripture we can start from is Genesis two, uh, seven and eight. So let's get there. Let's get started. All right. The beginning, be in the beginning, God God formed man. Right, Genesis two seven and eight, and the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground. And breathing to his nostrils and the breath of life, and man became a living soul. Correct? So God breathe we have the breath of life in our bodies. That's what makes us alive, right? It's not just um YOLO, you only live once and so you get to do whatever you want to make. You only you gotta do do this, you gotta do A to Z to feel alive. No, that ain't that it's very simple. A living, breathing uh, omniscient God that has been forever, has always existed, breathed life into us, and we became alive, right? So, but that's that's just a man. We haven't even gotten to everybody. So God made Adam and gave him a job and a place to stay. You know, when looking or or while or rather waiting on the mate, these are the qualifications. God gave Adam a he gave him a a job to do and a place to stay. So, you know, just FYI for anybody that's listening, you're looking for a man, you shouldn't be looking for one, but if he don't have at least the basic qualifications of a job and a place to stay, it probably ain't going to work out the way you want it to because it's not it's not ordained by God for it to work that way. A man should be, he should have everything that he needs for a woman to come and reside with him, to be his wife. You got to give a woman a, a house for her to make a home. You have to give her some money so she can buy groceries. And you have to give her the ability to be a woman or be creative in a safe place. But if you don't, you asking for trouble. Or she, you, she got to get out there and get on the grind and help you because you're too jive, right? But we don't want that. Uh, here we go. Next one. But in Genesis 2.18, and the Lord God said, it is not good that the man should be alone. I will make him a help me for him. So we have, God gave man a woman. Now, I'm not here to debate, you know, that homosexual thing. We ain't doing that. Um, I'm here stating what the Bible says from the very beginning. God knew that Adam had a job that needed to be done, and he needed a woman. And only a woman can do it. Because I'm telling you right now, I'm telling you how special God is. God knew already that 
if man had to give birth to a child, it wouldn't have happened. Because we ain't doing that. We'll just go to work. Because we ain't doing that. At, if you ever seen the birth of a child, you understand what I'm saying. It's it, it, it looks painful. It really does. And I take my hat off to all the women that have done it. I thank God for my wife. I was at both my children's um, birth. And uh, she can have whatever she wants because I ain't doing that. <laughs> that's just that's just leave it at that. And the Lord God said it's not good that the man should be alone. I will make him a help me for him. Now God knew already that men need help in ways that only a woman can help with. Peace, childbearing, and companionship. And that's just to name a few, but those are the basics. A man needs to have peace when he comes home. Um, I don't care what's going on outside this world. If he can come home and he has a peace of mind, the weight of the world, it, it may feel like the weight of the world is on his shoulders, but it won't even matter because he's at peace when he come home. When he come home, that's why when I come home, I give my wife a nice big fat kiss and I don't care what's going on outside because it's helpful, it's peaceful. It's joyous. It's love. My kids may think it's gross, but I love it. And that's all that matters. <laughs> Companionship. And then because my my wife is at home, you know, when she get when she gets off work, um, you know, my, my children have somebody to look after them. You know, while I'm out there working and doing the harder stuff. Well, I don't I am not gonna let me correct myself. Not the hardest stuff, but I'm just at work doing hard work. I don't I'm not saying what women do is is less. I don't want that fight. Um but we both have our role to play. And that while I'm out there playing my role, you know, I can trust and know that, you know, the help me that God has given me is covering her part as well. Amen? Amen. So, so Genesis 2, 21, 25. And the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall upon Adam, and he slept, and he took one of his ribs and closed up the flesh instead thereof. And the rib which the Lord God had taken from man made he a woman. And brought her unto the man. And Adam said, This is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman because she was taken out of man. Therefore shall a man leave his father and his mother and shall cleave unto his wife and they shall be one flesh. Now, I don't know how clear that needs to be, but you can't be still attached to your mama's apron strings. And talking about you want a wife. And you can't still be calling your daddy for money. Talking about you want a wife. You got to get a job. You got to get a place to stay. Those are basic needs, basic necessities. And you can do it. I know society is telling you, you know, do this. Or, you know, she got to, don't, don't let her stay at home. Put him in daycare. No. No, 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 no. That, that's, not, that's not how God could. Now, if you want to do that because y'all have goals in mind and you, there are places you want to get to, I get that and I can understand it. If you got a lot of debt, obviously, it's the common sense. We both got to work until you get this rid of. That makes sense. But that's not how God wanted us to be. He wanted a man and a woman to come together as one and live as one. And he wants to play, play our role as each individual so that th there are certain things that can be covered. Because when you leave, if one person is not doing their role, if they, if a woman has to fill the role of another man, and who's filling her role? Amen. So somebody, it's not that she's trying to be out of order, but she's having she's being stretched too far, too thin, and now she has to cover something that a man is supposed to do, like take care of the home as a provider. 
So if we got to have women providing all the time and doing everything that a man's supposed to be doing, it's going to be really, really hard for them to do their first job, which is be a nurturer to their children when they have them. Or be a nurturer to him when he come, when he get off work before they have children. Or be a homemaker. And I'm not saying women can't work. I'm not saying that at all. I think it's very, very good that a woman works because um, they like to shop. So they should have their own little money to do their shopping. Nothing wrong with that. Amen. Now, now I'm, I give my money too. But if she want a little more, you know, she should have the freedom to be able to do so. So, and God blessed them. And God said unto them, be fruitful and multiply. And oh, I'm getting ahead. I'm getting ahead. The second chapter also gives, gives a blueprint for all men to follow. Genesis 1.28, And God blessed them, and God said unto them, Be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth, and subdue it. God called his people to rule the earth under his leadership. That's what dominion is. Dominion is to rule. We would, God gave Adam and Eve dominionship over the earth. Now, he made man first, and he made the woman for the man. So that's the order. However, they are to work together as a cohesive unit and walking in God and accomplishing what God has called them to be. Amen. So to raise your home, to have children, whether it be working, we're supposed to work together. Now, the position Amen. that a man holds is God, God is, is higher than what a woman is different. It, I mean, it's in the leadership position where for a woman, she's the helper. But so, so many, so often you may see, excuse me, you may see the opposite. I don't understand a man that want to be at home all day long. Why his woman wife there working? Oh, she make more money than me. I don't care. God said that's your punishment. You supposed to get out there and do that, bro. Punch that clock. Or, 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 or for you white collars who who have a um, salary job, you start at nine thirty. Okay, whatever, whatever floats your boat. But that's what you're supposed to do. And if you put a woman in your position to do so, who's doing her job? Because a man cannot do it. I'm, I'm, I'll say it again. I ain't afraid to say it. A man can't be a woman. You're not created that way to do so. You're, thought, you're created to be logical thinking. At least you're supposed to be. And you're supposed to have an example at home with, with a father. That's another story for another topic. But these are the things that we're supposed to have that, we don't, that you don't see every day. It amazes me how many, so how many children don't have two-parent households. It, it just... It's amazing, but it took two people to make that child. It's I just it it is mind boggling, and we have we have these issues we have today because people are outside of the role, or they want to participate in the fun role and not the responsibility role. You can get that on the way home. Uh, so, so what happened? Genesis three, four through seven. And the serpent said unto the woman, "You shall not surely die." For God does not doth know that in the day ye eat thereof, then your eyes shall be opened, and ye should be as gods, knowing good and evil. And when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, and that it was pleasant to the eyes, and the tree to be desired to make one wise, she took of the fruit thereof and did eat, and gave also unto her husband with her, and he did eat. And the eyes of them were both open, and they knew that they were naked, and they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves aprons. So they got tricked by a snake. Now, a snake in our day would be a snitch or, you know, anybody trying to stab you in the back. And that's pretty much what was happening right now. The devil set, the, set Adam and Eve up for failure. That's what he did. He messed them up so bad that he reversed the order. He reversed the order. He, put, he told Eve, it's okay to do something. 
and her husband, I still don't understand why, but I mean, it is what it is. He told, he did not repeat what God told him to do. Do not eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. He specifically said, don't eat it. He didn't say you couldn't touch it. He said, don't eat of it. And she ate from it. And then he was dumb enough to eat it too. That's the second part I don't understand. I guess I find it out when I get to heaven, but I, I just, he believed his wife over what he believed God. And that is what gets men in trouble. And because we are being led by the one person that was created for us versus being led by the person that created us. Amen. Now, people may think that's offensive, but I didn't write the book. I just quoted. <laughs> that's the, that's how if I believe that God is who he said he is, if I believe that he is the father of life, if I believe he is my, my, my life written, written down somewhere and he has ordered my steps. I think I ought to listen to him because he he might know what he's talking about if he created me. And that's what's going on today. We worship the creation versus the creator. And now we have a situation where the creations are trying to dethrone the creation, the creator, excuse me. But we all know that ain't happening. That's like, I like to use the analogy about Apple. Um, if we all got iPhones, right? And um, who I forget who's in charge. I don't know if it's Steve Jobs or not. It's still or not. But anyway, you know, if the CEO of Apple says, "Hey, we are gonna put a recall on your phone," that's what you're gonna do. You're gonna get your phone fixed by the manufacturer, right? That makes sense. That's plain, plain and simple. But here it is. God is the creation of all living and all life. But we won't go back to the manufacturer to get corrected, to get uploaded with new software. To be made new. We keep saying. I can do it. I can fix it. All on my own. But you can't fix it. See Adam and Eve just broke. The one rule God gave them. And they broke the human race. They imputed sin. They get every man from them. From them, for, from them on. Was imputed sin. Which means the sin was passed on down through them. They had the same mindset. I have the understanding of knowledge, good and evil. And you were never meant to have that without God. God was supposed to tell you. But we never got an opportunity for him to tell us because we jumped the gun and we began to do something we weren't supposed to do. So we didn't believe God at his word. We broke the fellowship to our life giver when we decided to see as God. I say we because everyone makes this choice. To live their life on their terms, by their terms. The family God created rebelled and forsook him. So for the next 4,500 years, from the beginning of the Bible until when Jesus came, so all, all hell on earth broke loose. All type of sexual immorality, murder, envy, jealousy, hatred ran rampant. But a prophecy was, was spoken after the fall. Genesis 3 and 15. Let's go ahead and read it. And I will put enmity between thee and the woman and between thy seed and her seed. It shall bruise thy head and thou shalt bruise his heel. Now, God is speaking about how the woman will conceive. She will bring forth a savior in childbirth. That's how she will be saved. She gives birth to the savior. And he will, and it shall bruise thy head and thou shalt bruise his heel. 
So he's saying the serpent, which is the devil, is going uh, he gonna get his head split by Christ. Amen. Man, the devil bruises the devil. God's heel. And he, God he said, and it's funny how God, you know, he may say it's like a little thing here when he says his heel between your head and your heel. It's a big difference. So you know, even though God Christ was crucified, it's it's like a minor affliction compared to what Christ was gonna do to the devil. He's gonna bust your head to the white meat, pretty much. In layman's terms, right? And that's where we are today. You know, we, we believe in the death, burial, and resurrection. Amen. Because it was prophesied back in the, in, the, in the very beginning that God was going to make a way for us to get back to where we're supposed to be. Amen. In fellowship with him. Now, even though we still retain the, good, the, the knowledge of good and evil, but now we retain it and we have the fellowship with God for God to direct us in all truth and all righteousness, right? So... Uh, and I will put enmity between the good, between thee and the woman, and the, between thy seed and her seed, and it shall bruise thy head, and thou shalt bruise his head. God spoke a prophet word, and it saved it is coming. Isaiah 9 and 6 and 7. Uh, let's get there. Let's get there. I'm going, you know, as I, I keep doing this, I eventually I'll probably do this on PowerPoint so I can. Just read, read, and read. <laughs> Isaiah 9, 9, 6, and 7. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and the peace there shall be no end upon the throne of David and upon his kingdom to order it and to establish it with judgment and with justice from henceforth, even forever, the zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. God is, and a couple thousand years later, God is another prophetic word. A son will be given. I don't, you know, most people would do anything for their children. Anything for their children. And yet in here, you know, Jesus is, uh, uh, God the Father is, is sending this prophetic word through his prophet Isaiah about how I'm going to give my son for my children. I'm sorry. I, 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 I got love for folks. But I don't know if I could give my son. For other people. I just love me some him. That, I mean he looked like me. He talked like me. He, you know, he, he does things like me. He eats my food. I love it. You know, I get a chance to I spend time with him. I take care of him. I don't know if I could just do that. But he, And I'm human. Human beings. That's why we need a God to do it. Because if he didn't get done. We wouldn't even be able to have the conversation we're having right now about redemption and reconciliation. So, I mean, I don't know how, how, how people feel about, you know, God giving his son, but I'm grateful for it because I know I couldn't do it. I know I couldn't pay that price. And I definitely want my son to pay that price. And that's what and that's really what's happening today. We make our sons pay the price that God already gave a, 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 a payment for. Jesus. When you don't take care of your son. When you don't be there as a father, when you don't provide, when you don't be the priest in your home, when you don't protect him, when you leave him idle, when you let things entertain him that are not of God, that get into his soul that he can't get out with no direction, you have sacrificed your son. Jesus. And that's one thing I just refuse to do. That's why I'm a stickler about taking care of your kids. I, I I'm just am. I don't really want to hear no excuses from no man talking about what she won't let me see. What you mean, let? 
I don't want to hear that. No, 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 no excuses. First off, pick a better woman. Don't pick the woman that's going to do you like that, number two. And don't be getting with him if you ain't trying to marry him. Why, 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 are, you wasting that, why are you wasting time and money on somebody you want, you want 15 minutes with? That don't make no sense. That's terrible. That makes no sense whatsoever. You shouldn't even be looking at a woman unless you're trying to put a make her a wife. Amen. Why? Because it's ordained by God. Amen. It's protecting you from ex- un- unnecessary trauma. It protects your, your future children from an unnecessary broken home. Because Amen. two people who liked each other for 15, 20 minutes can't like each other for the next 30, 40 years. It's not worth it. You know, that saying is, you know, it's an old saying, but it's still true. If you can't do the crime, if, you, if you're going to do the crime, you got to do the time. So if you don't want to do the time, don't do the crime. Leave her alone. It ain't time yet. But yet, you know, we, we, we follow after these, these celebrities and these 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 artists and you know they they promote this promiscuality this promiscuous lifestyles and this download nonsense and and all these other things that God don't give God no glory and we go outside of what God has created for us to do and we left without an excuse when the thing hits the fan in our Bible study this morning we were speaking about how God how Adam and Eve broke the one rule God had and it cost them <laughs> it cost all of us. You know, we, we, we're we warned continuously. At least you're supposed to be warned. Wow, I, pr- I know God. God is going to warn his people. He's not just going to leave you Amen. helpless. Amen. He ain't going to leave you comfortless. He is Amen. warning us day and night, don't do this. Don't do it that way. Or it's not time yet. But when we continuously seek after things our own way, our own will, we can't get mad at the things that we, we come in contact with from the consequences of our actions. So Isaiah 9, 6, and 7. A son is coming. You see, we can't save ourselves by ourselves. We tried that. It didn't work. You can walk as work as hard as you can. You can serve as much as you can. You can wash as hard as you can. In God's eyes, you will never be good enough to get back to him without help. John 1 and 14. And the word and the word made flesh. And dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, the glory as of the, ho- of the as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Now, this verse is speaking, speaking about the Lord Jesus. He here. <laughs> you know, you know, he came, he dwelt amongst his people. Among he is the spoken, so he spoke the world into existence. So he is here amongst the people that he has created, the people that he has brought forth. And yet and still, we keep rejecting him. He came in grace, all favor. He came in truth. You know, I don't know if people know this, but I'm, I'm, it's, it's, it's like a cheat code, so I'm, I'm, I got to give it to you as a preacher. When you know you got the Holy Ghost, you're a genius because you got the spirit of truth in you. Amen. You, you're a genius. You don't have to know the information right then and there, but you can go pray about it. God will give it to you. Because he knows all truth. Amen. So the Lord Jesus has come. He is the only one who proceeded from and stands alone as unique to no other. He is the begotten son of God. The Greek word for for, for begotten is monogenes. And, you know, it's two different specifications for it. But the specification that we use for, to describe Christ is 
He is unique there in, in as there is no one else like him. Ever. And never will be. He is unique in his being, in, in his deity. He is God the Son. You know, we have God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. The answer to reestablishing eternal fellowship with God the Father had come to pay the price that everyone owes. He shed his blood for the payment of sin. Um, you know, you know, we, we living in this world where um, everybody's trying to work it out. You got to work. You got to do this and you got to do that. That's exhausting. I mean, I, I don't I, I don't mean to be sounding insensitive when I say I mean, but it's exhausting. When you go work a job, you tired. I'm talking about if, if if you're working like you're supposed to work, I'm talking about you coming there, you put your A game, you put your, your hard hat on or whatever you're doing, and you get you get from A to B to Z, and you doing it for eight hours or eight plus hours, whatever you're doing, you're tired at the end if you've done it right. If you slacked off, of course you're not going to be tired because you ain't do nothing. But if you worked at it, you're going to be tired. Hebrews 9 and 22. And almost all things are by the law purged with blood and without shedding of blood is no remission. So we needed the bloodshed of something pure, something holy, something without sin to appease God's wrath. So that's why when I say we tried to do it on our own, we can't do it on our own because we've already been imputed with sin from birth. We can be forgiven of sin, but it is inherently in us because we went our own way from the very beginning. And that's why Christ had to come because he had to shed his blood which is pure, which is like no other, the one and only. Bloodshed was necessary to restore or reconcile fellowship with God. When you begin to define the word reconcile in the Greek, it says to reconcile fully. He fully brought us back to God by the shedding of his blood. Anybody who will receive and will believe that he is the Lord Jesus Christ, that he is the Messiah, that he, is the, he proceeded forth from God, will be saved. And they, and the, the bloodshed that he he shed for us will be imputed to will will be counted in they in in their bank account rather, as a payment for their sin, and God will forgive them. So when we get to heaven, and God begins to call your name for you to walk in there, Christ will stand before. He said, "I paid the price for him. He's one of ours. I paid it already. Amen. He's he's covered under the blood, Father. Let him in. Amen. That's what you want to hear." You don't want to be a part of the other group when they're like, I never knew you. Worker of iniquity, trifling, you, you, uh, vagabond, uh, whatever. God, going, it's going to be an ugly day. I, and I, I just, I, think, I pray and thank God that I'm on the right side and not that other side. Amen. Christ connects us fully back to God because he pleased the Father by dying. Now, what does this mean? And how does it affect the family? Easy. You now can come to God in faith with all your problems and he hears you. He now can work restoration in broken homes, men relationships, if man would accept my gift for them. John, 1 John 1.9 If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. God just gave you another cheat code. If you sin, just confess it. Now, he didn't say go and confess it to no man. He didn't go say confess it to no priest. 
He said, Conf confess it to him. And Lord, I came, I'm jacked up today. I, I stole a, a, a dinner roll before dinner. I feel terrible about it. I, I need some forgiveness. Th that's, something that that's, that's something a child would do. And he would go ask for forgiveness because the, the conviction of, of what he has done is bothering him. It's bringing shame. It's bringing condemnation. That's a good thing. Because if, if, if it calls you to repent, it served a purpose. Amen. And if you, then he goes versus an adult. Lord, I, I keep looking at other women outside of my, my wife. Help me with that. I don't want to. I'm, I'm looking at them in a way that I should look. Help me with that. If he confesses it, God will forgive him and give him the strength to do so. Philippians 4 and 13 tells us I can do all things in Christ who strengthens me. All means all is all, all means. So with that being said, confess it. But so many refuse it. It's too easy. Some say they hurt me too much. They say I can't forgive. They say, how can you fix a problem if you won't address it? Why don't you want to address that huge elephant in the room? Don't you want forgiveness, fellowship, righteousness? The family of today sits broken because of the hardness of their hearts. The Lord Jesus has paved the way for restoration and reconciliation, but the people refuse it. The world rejects it, but you don't have to. You have a choice. You don't have to stay broken. The family that God has created from the very beginning can be made whole. I heard it preached uh, early this week that sometimes you got to stop drinking the Kool-Aid. Uh, that's a that's a people's th temple reference because 900 members drank poison, which willingly because of their leader. You know, I think it was, it was Jim Jones, you know, all of that. And the crazy thing about this guy is they said he threw the Bible out the window. He started, he started with God, threw the Bible out the window, said we didn't need that, and people stayed. Uh, brother, the Bible says to know those that labor among you. If you throw the Bible out the window, I'm going. It also says, let God be true and every man a liar. So if you're throwing the Bible out the window, I'm going out the window with it. <laughs> but, you know, they drank their Kool-Aid, you know, and they, it cost them. The Bible warns us about falling behind these false teachers, these false doctrines. These man-made religions, these these works to get to heaven religions. You can't work your way into heaven. It's a gift from God. And if we don't accept the gift, you don't get in. It's a private club that's open to everybody if you would only accept the terms and the conditions of it. It's like you check that little check by that little box for the terms and conditions for everything else. You have to accept Christ and you have to accept God's word for what it is. And you have to apply it to your life. And you have to exhibit it with the nine fruits of the spirit every day to the best of your human ability with the power in the spirit of Christ. If you don't do that, there is no forgiveness for you. You can, you can work it. You can, you can keep working at it. I mean, you, you probably do real good at it, but it, it won't be enough because in God's eyes, it's not enough. You and I can choose truth, the offering that God has provided. The family that God has ordained is being a, a is a, being attempted to be rewritten to fit man's preference rather than God. Studies show that a child in a two-parent home has a significant higher chance of being a law-abiding citizen than a child raised in a single-parent home. 
Now, this is not to knock single parents, single parents, but God didn't intend for you to be a single parent. He didn't. He, you were supposed to have a helper, help raise them kids. You didn't help make, you didn't make them by yourself. Why you gotta raise them by yourself? But this is the way where we're living in today. When men chase after their own lust, we're all drawn away from our own lust. Nobody, no man can say that I was tempted by God. No, you were tempted by something that you saw. It started as a thought in your mind. It started and it went to your heart. And then you manifested it in the physical by going and doing it. Amen. And it drew you away from God. And it drew you away from what was right. And was the right thing to do. That, I mean, it don't get no simpler than that. Uh, whatever the reason is, God's way works. But if we choose our own way, our own way to do family. We can't complain about the results we get. It breaks my heart to see single mothers with multiple kids struggling at this at the bus stop while the father is absent for no good reason. It wasn't meant to be that way. I had a um, I did a commercial cleaning for a, a number of years um, in my twenties. I'm thirty my thirties now, <laughs> um, and it was one particular night where. Uh, Myself and I believe it was my brother-in-law who was working with me at the time. Uh, we're driving home, and I, I can hear I hear the kids crying, and I hear her on the phone crying. Can you come get me from the bus stop now? Mind you, it's like twelve o'clock at night in Riverdale, and she's crying. And I don't, I don't. I, I, she had him on speaker. I didn't hear what the what the man said, but it was it broke my heart because I thought about my own children and my own wife, and I couldn't imagine them on in the middle of the night by themselves, stranded, or whatever the case may be, with no way home, and I can't get to them because I can't protect them. I, it's just something about that picture that I saw that night with the, with the young lady and her children. It just, it, just it, it, it bothers me. It really does. I'm not blaming her for having multiple kids about a, about a deadbeat or anything like that. It bothers me that a man won't step up to the plate and be, be, be responsible for people that he has created on this earth. It bothers me to see that children don't have an example at home to show to see, to see a man get up every day and go to work so that he can establish a work ethic in them. It bothers me when we put women in positions that a man is supposed to be in, and then we ask, we wonder why they stressed out. It bothers me that the world is the way it is, and nobody seems to care. These preachers preach about pro, uh, prosperity. Uh, your soul's supposed to prosper more than anything. Amen. Your home should be prospering. Amen. One of the qualifications for an elder slash pastor is your, your home must be in order. How can you stand before God's people if your house is jacked up? Amen. How can you be a manager of anything if you can't manage your own home? It makes no sense. We have unnecessary issues that we cause because we are drawn away from our own lust and our families suffer for it. We suffer for it. That's why I'm hard on men anything. I ain't getting mad at no woman for, for having to work two or three jobs to provide. She shouldn't have to. She didn't make all them kids by herself. I keep saying, I don't care if y'all like it or not. It's the truth. You already started listening. It's too late now. Might as well finish. It's the truth anyhow. We're supposed to be working together as a cohesive unit. Remember what they say, uh, what drumline say? One band, one sound. Amen. <laughs> you know, you're supposed to be moving together. But we moving, we, 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 it's 
two ideologies doing two different things and it's chaos. Nobody will humble themselves and submit. Nobody willing to put the other one first. Nobody's willing to take the first step and be the be responsible one. You know what? I'm not. I was gonna do this, but I see y'all. You and the kids need this. I'm, I'm gonna be home more. I'm not gonna go out on the weekend. I'm gonna stay home and help you with the kids. Do you think that sacrifice don't won't, won't pay dividends 10, 15 years from now? Your kids will remember that, man. I remember that. He used to he used to wrestle with us. He used to play the video games with us. He took us to the park. You think them kids on it? They understand that you went to work and you worked all day long and you came home and went to sleep. They get that. But Saturday and Sunday come, you ain't nowhere to be found. Am I picking on the men? Yes, I am. I am. I challenge myself too, man. You can do better. The men around me, I want, hey, man, let's all do better. Let's take care of my families. When you hurting, you like, man, I like it's rough right now. Come on, bro. We catch your hands and we pray. We can we 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 can do this. Amen. I understand that man didn't have the example when he grew up, but that ain't got nothing to do with him and his kids. You got a choice. And he keeps choosing his way, and the cycle is repeated with his son. When will we accept the son that God gave? He paid all that. All we got to do is acknowledge it. And then let him help us fix it. Amen. We're gonna, we gonna have to walk in it. But he's going to open up the door for us to do it. He fulfilled all things. And the only condition is Romans 10, 9. I'm not going to read it because that's my that's our, that's our church verse. But read it for yourself. Romans 10, 9. You get saved. She gets saved. The family is saved. Amen. The families of today only need salvation. Salvation is individually and totally. Acts 16 is a prime example of how a family got saved. And then we're going to wrap this up. Uh, Acts 16. Uh, what is it? 24? 34? No, excuse me. Acts 16, 29 through 34. I'm sorry. Then he called for a light and sprang in. Now this is Paul. He's in jail. He's been, he he, he casted out this spirit in, in, in this uh, soothsayer, this woman who was falling behind them, trying to get gather a following. And Paul rebuked the spirit, and the spirit came out, and now they beat him and they in jail. Now the jailer was charged that they should not get out. So if they get out, it's over for this dude. He's gonna get killed himself. So this is what's happening. Then he called for a light and sprang in and came trembling and fell down before Paul and Silas and brought them out and said, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? And they said, Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou shalt be saved in thy house. And they spake unto him the word of the Lord, and to all that were in his house. And he took them the same hour of the night, and washed their stripes, and was baptized, he and all his straight way. And we had brought them into his house. He said, Meet before them, and rejoice, believing in God with all his house. You see, a man that was at work, and got saved, and then went home, and got his family saved. Amen. See, when men don't understand their role, when they don't, when we, we don't, when men don't understand what God has called them to be, they make mistakes. They make detrimental mistakes. And I thank God that Christ came and He died, so He made a way for us to override some of those mistakes. Because now, 
we're in a situation where we can be made new. We can be restored. We ain't got to, we don't have to deal with all this mess on our own. Salvation is here for all, all that will accept it. And that's pretty much what I got to say about that. I love my family. I I got saved with, at 23 because I knew that I couldn't do this on my own. I was working two jobs and I couldn't make ends meet to save my life. Uh, at the time, I only had my son and my wife, and I couldn't, I couldn't pay, I couldn't pay a bill, and it didn't. I was getting paid, and I just couldn't do it. I couldn't do it on my own. It felt like I was being crushed by everything. And then my wife spoke to me because she was saved at the time. She began to speak to me, you know, and encourage me. And I just, she had this peace about her, and I said, I got to get that peace that she got. And I've been running for for the Lord since then. I thank God for salvation. I thank God for a, help, a good help meet. I thank God for my children. I thank God for, that he has given me all these things and he has shown me the way and that he has given me all, given me the strength to keep going. I rode a bike for six months, 17 miles one way to feed my family. And I'm not ashamed of that. I'm not bragging on it either, but it, I did it. And I, God gave me the strength to do it. And he'll give the same strength to any man who was willing to humble himself and take care of his wife and his children. God sees that. And he will bless you in it. Father God, I thank you right now. I thank you for the family, Lord. I thank you that you have given men families to replicate and replenish the earth and multiply and be fruitful. Father, I thank you, Lord, that you have given us the ability to go on that you have given us the ability to move forward, to love, to cherish, to take care of, to be a provider, to be a priest of my home, to be a protector. I thank you, Lord God, because you have done these things in me. Little old me, when I couldn't pay, make two nickels, make 10 cents. <laughs> you did it for me. And here I am now, almost 10 years later as a as a man of God with my family, I thank you, Father, that you have prospered our souls even more than just our finances and our material things. You've blessed us abundantly, Lord God. And I pray the same prayer for anyone that is listening. Let the Lord handle it. Give your life to him, Lord God. I thank you, Father, because right now I know, I know that you are waiting for those hearts that will open to you and give it all to you. And I pray that they will accept I pray that they will humble themselves. I pray that they will be led by the Spirit of the Lord. I pray, Father, that in the end, Father, that they know that we win. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen and amen. Yeah.